disclaimer. Most of the world doesn't share your opinion. <sighs> okay, turns out I can't I can't just make a top ten singles list. I I also have to do a top ten albums list. The only problem is is I I didn't really listen to a lot of albums, and and if I did, it, it was just kind of boring. So. I guess you're just gonna have to settle for a top five. At least I got some honorable mentions that can make up for that. Nonetheless, let's just get into this. Starting with... Number five, Don't Leave Me. Have you ever listened to an artist where in the early days of their career they sounded really good, but eventually as time went on it seemed like the quality of their music slowly dropped and... You're not really vibing with a lot of it. But then one day, they come out with an album that goes back to that previous sound and vibe, while mixing in a little bit of that new sound that they've been having. Yeah, me too. Call me what you want, but never call me finished, nigga. I'm just getting started with my shit to start beginning. I'm in this... I found Khan back in April of 2018 when I found his remix of Rap God and ended up going down the rabbit hole of listening to all of his SoundCloud shit. Antidope. Feels, FF at all, Blasphemy, Mary Jane, Mask Off, Needs and Wants, Rap God, Shit, The Eagles, Untouchables, Void, Passing Me By, Time, Shout Out to Gucci, Bangers, all of them. And then when it came to the albums, I listened to Heart Shape Melody and overall I liked it, and then Pure Attentions, which I wasn't really a big fan of. Then I was just kind of out of it for a lot of his releases until Naivete, where I still just wasn't feeling it. And then All Praises Do released, which... If I remember correctly, it was the opening track forward that got put in my release radar, and I immediately just heard that SoundCloud flow. Throw that on top of the smooth and lush production that Big O's brought, and I was just loving the absolute hell out of the track. So then one day, while I was having an epic gamer session of Minecraft, I decided to throw on the album, and my god, this man does not miss. So much of this album is just banger material. You get this fast SoundCloud flow on tracks like Manifesto, Celsi, Flight, Apparition, or during the verses on Forward, or the hook of Elevation, $100,000 in the bends. And that's not even mentioning the godly production by Big Ghost all throughout this album. Most of it are these calm, ambient beats that just establish the vibe that this thing brings. But then you get cases like the soulful outro sounding track on The Feeling, which is only the third fucking track. Or the slow but banger material on $100,000 in the bends. And then there's just everything about apparitions from the beat and the hook bringing out so much goddamn nostalgia and some of Khan's delivery really helped with that nostalgic vibe sounding exactly the way he used to back on some of those old SoundCloud songs that it just takes me back. And of course, because it's Khan, there are a couple bars on here that get a laugh out of me. This thing is just a beast that doesn't overstay its welcome with it only being 10 tracks and 30 minutes long and is Khan easily at his best in a while, and I am so happy for it. Number 4. Watching Barack Obama. If you've seen my content before, you would know that I make music myself, and as one of the things I'm very proud of with my music is the fact that I was able to craft my own sound and genre bending. Not saying that I created genre bending, but saying that I was able to go into that genre itself and create my own sound from it, with some of my songs blending up to like three, four, sometimes even five different genres at once, and I feel like I pulled it off pretty well with my last album. Because of this, 
I am a bit defensive over the term genre bending because while I make music in that realm, I also like listening to it as well. And when artists are out in interviews saying that they're so great at genre bending, yet all they do is blend pop and trap, the two most basic genres that are practically the same at this point, I get a little upset. Thankfully, 2020 gave us a mainstream album that does genre bending so goddamn well. Now, I've already done a fully in-depth track-by-track review of this album, and if you've seen that, then it really shouldn't be a surprise that I would have this album on the list. Oliver Tree crafted such a great genre-bending album with the songs going through rock, pop rock, synthwave, trap, hop, and a little bit of orchestral music thrown in there. And one thing I have to give this album a lot of credit for is that multiple times it just switches to a completely different genre in the same song without sounding awkward or jarring, but instead being really smooth and natural. And like I said in my review, sonically this album sounds so fucking amazing. The acoustic guitars on Cash Machine, Let Me Down, Miracle Man, and Waste My Time are EQ'd in a way where they're so teeny but at the same time really warm and just sound so good in my ears. The tone on the electric guitars in Me, Myself, and I and Jerk are more hard rock focused, and then on Introspective and I'm Gone, it's more clean sounding, but they still sound amazing. Then you get songs like 1993, which have these really dark and grimy synths with an insane bass, or on Alien Boy, where the production reflects Lexus on topic, with the lyrics being about being a weirdo and the beat just being filled with all these little kind of weird sounds and percussion. And speaking about I'm Gone earlier, that shit is one of the best outro songs I have ever heard on an album. Oliver ends this project with what genuinely sounds like the end credit theme for a movie, which is perfect given how this is the first and last album from him. This whole thing is just amazing for my genre-bending loving ears, and even though there's some songs that I just don't think hit as hard or I feel are kind of weird on the album, this whole thing is mostly just hits and I'm so glad it exists. Number three, I don't like you. This shouldn't be a surprise at all. I'm pretty well known for being a massive fan of this band and being one that gives them mostly positive reviews. I still to this day defend Got Your Six and Injustice For None despite those albums being at the bottom of my ranking just because this band rarely releases a bad song for me. And when it comes to defending albums, Fate is no exception. The lead up to this album had the band saying that they were going to be doing something a bit different, even saying that they were going back to their roots and I've been saying that he wanted to improve after the last two albums. And I wholeheartedly think they succeeded, especially when Inside Out released and started off with a fucking orchestral intro. The last time they did orchestra stuff was like... Far From Home or Cold, but it was just background strings. Meanwhile, on this album, you get bits where it sounds like an entire symphony featured on a song, like on the aforementioned Inside Out intro, which is actually just the title track, which is just... One of my biggest complaints. It's fucking stupid, but but nonetheless. It's also found on songs like Darkness Settles In or Brighter Side of Grey. Lyrically, I think Ivan improves a lot on here and brings in more topics. Yeah, you could blatantly ignore 90% of the album and focus on songs like This Is War to prove your point of Ivan doesn't change, but that's literally wrong when you get songs like Inside Out, which is about his alcohol abuse, while also sounding like a breakup song. A little bit off, capturing that vibe of just being in that mood of just don't talk to me. Bottom of the top, having him being done with all all the shit the band gets put through by critics 
and saying he just wanted to be looked up as an idol, and just he wanted to make music like the bands that he enjoys. Pr pretty much just being his version of the way I am. To be alone sounds like that old school sarcastic fuck you vibe that made me fall in love with his band and genuinely sounds like their version of Bully or Enemies by Shinedown. Yet another band that I love, Scar Tissue goes back to that breakup song vibe and doing it so well and better than they have done in a while. Brighter Side of Grey literally sounds like Ivan's Suicide Note. And you even get the song Death Punch Therapy, which is basically just them referring to a bunch of their past songs in a way that I absolutely love. I know it's not for everyone, but I fucking love references, so I love this song. But then speaking sonically again, you get A Little Bit Off, which features the band pulling off Metal Lo-Fi or Darkness Settles In and Brighter Side of Grey being more subtle and ballad-esque while also combining the metal sound. Scar Tissue features Chris Kale going off and it's so goddamn great. Hell, I wasn't even the biggest fan of Making Monsters when it came out, but it has grown on me a lot, sounding the most uncut and raw they have in a while. I saw a review where a dude said that Making Monsters was his favorite track because of how raw and unradio friendly it sounds, which is why it ended up becoming a bonus track. And I can't disagree with him. Dude was spitting straight facts. This album isn't perfect though. Mother May I, This Is War, and Living the Dream are easily my least favorite songs, especially Living the Dream. The music video doesn't help the song either. My god. Hey, I'm just gonna say, it could be worse. They could be trapped. I'll resign my card from the fanbase when Ivan says that fucking women fucking children is not pedophilia. But you can't seriously tell me that they did not bring something new this time around. Five Finger Death Punch came in with an album where they tried to go back to their old sound while also bringing in some new stuff they haven't done a lot of, and I think they pulled it off incredibly well. A Five Finger Death Punch album was gonna make it on my favorite albums list either way, but with how great about 95% of the album is, and just how much it made me reflect my current life, that really helped it to get to third place, even with the dislikes that I have towards it. If I'm being honest, I think Fate is actually, like, the one Five Finger Death Punch album I have the most critiques about. But, you know, it's still better than the last two, if I'm being honest. Number two, Strange Behavior. I used to do a series on this channel this year called Songs of the Month. I eventually stopped doing that just because it was causing me to not be able to work on other projects I wanted to do. But besides that, in the first episode, I featured a certain song labeled after a certain physics term. And when talking about that song, I mentioned that the band who made it didn't have an album out. Well, it's out. This album is so good. This thing is just back-to-back -back bangers. The album literally starts off with my favorite song and ends off with my second favorite song. And almost everything in between is just as good. After the heavy banger that is like that, you get yet another heavy banger, which is... I'm gonna be honest, I don't know how to fucking pronounce that. <laughs> but anyway, that song features a vocal synth melody. It's kind of weird, but like at the same time, your boy, your boy love vocal chops. Your boy just loves vocals on like a lot of things. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Then there's Blurry, which manages to create the sound of blurriness. Evil Igo completely dishes the punk aesthetic in the beginning and instead brings this really weird vibe. And then when it brings back the punk aesthetic, it fucking hits and I absolutely love it. Wavelength is a banger. We've already discussed this. Drink to Drown hits 
way too close to home for me and is a rare song that features no drums and a slow piano that I can actually stand listening to without getting bored. Do What You Wanna brings back the banger material. Silk and Satin goes back to the weird vibe and it once again works. Soap goes back to the banger material. And then we end off the album with an incredibly strong note with the massive banger that is Hate Me. Seriously, Hate Me hits so goddamn hard, it has no right to. This whole album is literally just banger after banger, and the absolute charisma and personality that the lead singer brings with her vocals just helps it so much. I follow Bonnie on Twitter and Instagram, it's a fucking riot, I, I love it. I highly suggest, even if you don't like the band, just follow her on social media, You, she never, she never misses. There is only one song on this album that doesn't really hit for me, and that's Jurassic Park. It's not a bad song, it's just, I don't know, I don't really get anything from it. But god damn if this album doesn't immediately make up for that. I know the only thing I can say about this album is that it's just bangers, but that's basically what it is. I don't know how uh, problematic this next statement is gonna be. I'm kind of rolling the dice on this one, but listening to this album makes me forget what gender I am. I'm not gonna explain that solely because I don't know how to. I'm just gonna leave it at that. You try figuring out what that fucking means. There's not much else I can say about it other than it's just a fun listen all throughout. You should probably say to yourself. Now on to the honorable mentions. I feel nothing is pretty much the sole reason why this is on here. The rest of the EP is great, but that song alone is just a fucking mood and a half. I, I absolutely love it. Josh A then decided to follow up Grim Peaks with his own album, and for the most part, it's really great. That first verse on the opening track always hits hard. Like, it always gives me chills, even if I'm just reading the lyrics. And then you get songs like Gravestone, Scars, Mood Swings, Lost, in the title track, which really show Josh being incredibly personal. And then Warzone is just an absolute banger, but Jesus Christ, Josh, did you really have to include that goddamn knocking sound? That scared the living fucking shit out of me. Sadly, the album does kind of fall off, though, and gets a bit generic, especially with a song like Revenge, which feels so out of place on the album that I couldn't really in good faith put it along with the albums on this list, which are very strong all throughout. Nonetheless, this is the greatest Josh A album I've heard, though that's not saying much because I've only heard this and Fearless. It's not the end of your Mori, because every closed door is just the intro of a brand new story. Like I said, I fell down that goddamn rabbit hole, and I don't regret it, because it has given me the absolute banger of R.I.P., which is on this EP. Sadly, it outshines every other song on here to the point that they just don't hit as much. The title track is pretty dope, with Callie giving that Sundere vibes and that hilarious ending. The outro track is probably the second best song in the EP for me, especially when she sings these lines. Sadly... I'm not really the biggest fan of the opening track. The B just really doesn't do it for me, and her opening lines just make me cringe that it, it makes the rest of the song really hard to get through. But either way, it's still a dope EP, and I look forward to what Kelly has in store in the future. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Finally, the last album on the list. Number one, Christmas Eve. Do I even have to say anything? I mean, you've seen the best songs list. This is insanely obvious. Fun 
fun fact, I actually struggled to get through this album multiple times because of the opening track. It just, just couldn't hit for me for so long and I couldn't get past it. But I own my love for this album solely for D'Angelo Wallace's review, where he went track by track and explained the rough concept of this album, that it made me be able to get through the entire thing, and god I am so glad it did. The Weeknd really out here making a concept album about going through a breakup, trying to be the better person throughout it, and then just delving back into being an absolute toxic piece of shit, and then just slapped that onto some indie synths and made back-to-back -back bangers. Unlike the other albums on here, there is not a single song on After Hours that I don't like. I, I don't even know if I have any problems with this album. Alone Again just comes in hitting like a truck. Too Late just embodies the musical form of an orgasm at that 40 second mark. And God, the form is shifting. I'm a fucking nut. Hardest to Love is yet another 80s synthwave bop and is incredibly relatable. Then you go into Scared to Live, which spends majority of its runtime being just a nice, calm vibe before going into honestly one of Abel's greatest vocal performances on this album, in my opinion. Then that goes into Snow Child, which I think is the lone rap track on the album, with Abel going on about his past career and the relationship while having bars like, I'm an Eminem fan, uh, of course I'm gonna like that. Escape from LA is another vibe track, and we followed it up with the immense banger that is Heartless. Faith is a full-on 80s pop song, and I'm all for it, and so is the following track, Blinding Lights, which features this bar that I absolutely love. You don't even have to do too much. You can turn me on with just a touch. And the best vocal performance by Abel on this album. In Your Eyes is such a great bop, I, I just can't not dance when listening to this. Save Your Tears goes back to that 80s pop that, just like In Your Eyes, I can't not dance to. Repeat After Me is Ecotoxicity on this album, which then goes into the title track, which is absolutely haunting and then danceable. And then the album ends off with Until I Bleed, which is The Weeknd and his toxic form once again. God, how the fuck could Abel make toxicity sound so good? I've been getting into synthwave and A's pop lately. That, that shouldn't really be a surprise to you guys. I mean, for fuck's sake, my background music. So this was easily a great album for me to get into. And like I said, it's just constant bangers or vibes or both. Also, I noticed there's like an entirely separate story going on in the music videos, and they're not in order of the album. From my understanding after watching them, it goes Until I Bleed Out, Snow Child, Heartless, Blinding Lights, then Blinding Lights Jimmy Kimmel performance, After I Was Short Film, and then ends with In Your Eyes. If there's any other music videos that's been released uh, after me finding this out, and uh, they're not on here, and you think they belong on here, well, figure that out for yourself. I'm not, I'm not gonna bother with that. And once again, this whole story in the music videos doesn't represent the story the album tells, which I thought was actually really interesting and unique, and just added a second layer to this album that I that I also really love. This thing is just so goddamn good, and once again, thank you D'Angelo for indirectly helping me truly understand what I was once missing, because god damn am I am so glad I experienced it. Can I have you done now? Yes, you can. Okay, so this is this is the last thing I need to do. Yes. There's no other list. Nope. Alright. You're not bullshitting me, are you? No, I'm not. So I'm not just gonna magically appear with my third video of 2021 being another fucking year-end list? No, you won't. You did it right, but you won't now. You sure? 
Yeah, fucking sure. Alright. Well, I guess I'll just uh, fall asleep for another 12 months. Jag det här det tar på det album. Det, 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 det. Fuck.